Have you been feeling stuck, exhausted, and finding yourself living as a passenger in your own life? By giving away so much of your energy and power to everyone and everything around you. But you? Well, you are not alone. My name is Dr. Valérie Johnston Dugama, osteopath, and I have been there too. After being burned out, exhausted, I decided to take control of my life and get back into my driver's seat. It wasn't easy though, but I did it. And you can do it too. In this podcast, I will share stories, invite guest speakers, and provide insight and tips on how to turn your life around and move back into your driver's seat. My guest today is Desiree Robarts, a Singaporean who came to Australia in 2005. Few years after arriving, she got divorced and became a single mom when her son was only two years old. At the time, she has no job, no family nearby. She managed to work for different companies over the years, and in 2018, started her own business called Neck Digital Marketer. For the past few years, her business has been her main priority, until few months ago, when she decided it was time to prioritize her health. In our conversation today, it's about how to achieve better health by making small steps that are sustainable and achievable. Thank you and welcome Desiree to the Driver's Seat Club. Thanks for having me on your show. Our pleasure. Thank you for sharing your story. So you're going to talk about... uh your health issue that you had after you opened your business? Yes. One of the things that has taken a toll on my body. So the things that I've put in place to try and get on top of that and make my health better, you know, maybe it might relate to some of your listeners and uh, just to, to find out what little steps I've taken to overcome that. So you were saying that about three years ago, you opened your own business and you were focusing mainly on that. Give us a bit of a story about what brought you to create your business and what happened. Sure. So I was working for other people for many years and there was always something inside of me that said I could do it better if I was to start my own business as a lot of small business owners feel the same. At that time, I was a single mom. I had separated from my ex-husband when my son was two years old and I had no family near me. And no job at the time because my son was only two and we had recently moved to Newcastle. So I worked for people and I realized I wasn't enjoying it. I was worked to the bone for peanuts, you know, doing three or four people's jobs on a part-time role. Because I was a single mom, I needed that consistent income. I needed the security um, and the safety and the comfort that came with a part-time job. But I managed to secure another role with a a digital marketing agency, which was a great role for me because it was working from home and specializing in what I liked doing instead of, you know, doing like an overall marketing job. And a couple of years in, my boss at the time decided to close the business and she gave me two options to find another job or take over the business. And I went, okay. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to buy over an existing business, 
However, you know, uh, being a single mom, that's a huge risk for me to leave the comfort of part-time employment and having that weekly money coming in. But there was never going to be this opportunity again. So I took that risk and I didn't buy the entire business. I just took over certain things like the existing database and some equipment. I basically launched my own business, changed the service offerings. Um, so even if I had existing clients at the time, I wasn't going to meet their needs. So I, I really rebranded and launched the way I would do things. Okay. And thankfully it paid off. Within three months, I was already turning clients away and I named my business Naked Digital Marketer thinking it was always going to be just myself. Uh, but I realized three months in that I had to you know, expand and bring on people to support me because I couldn't sustain or you know, uh, just meet the demand that was coming in. It was pretty much full steam ahead for two years and that kind of caused me to push everything aside and make my business a priority. But I can safely say that this year it's at the level where I can sort of step aside a little bit in the sense of just putting myself first now because I keep falling sick or at the brink of burnout. But I have a team now that can run the business or, you know, do their tasks without me being present. You know, if it's just one hour a day, they can, the business will still survive. So I feel I'm more comfortable now to actually put myself as a priority this year because the business is able to sustain without me being present 24-7. And uh, when you bought over this company, some of part of the company, did you put in place any kind of strategy for you to be able, because you said you have your son, to be able to have that flexibility that even though you have to put a lot of effort in the business, but you can still have some time for yourself, even though it's still little, and for you spending time with your son as well. How did you manage that? So in a way, because, you know, I had split with my ex-husband, I kind of have two personalities. My son lives with us 50% of the time, so it's week on, week off. So on the weeks that I have him, it's school hours, um, pretty much, you know, five hours a day, so half days for the week. And when I don't have him, I used to work as much as I could because I needed to catch up or be ahead for the following week. But some of the things that I've put in place from the beginning was I don't work in the evenings. And I don't work on weekends unless I absolutely choose to, because sometimes I do get bored and I have ideas in my head and I go, I'm just going to jump on a laptop for a bit and, you know, dump my ideas or do some research. But, you know, I just feel like part of the reason you work for yourself is so that you can have some form of flexibility to spend more time with your kids. I feel guilty if I don't work nine to five. I still instill that in myself. But then if I do need to take time off to spend with my son then I'm a bit flexible in that regard as well. But yes, I think from the get-go, I was pretty strict on not working evenings through the night and not working on weekends unless he's not around and there's nothing else to do. And I have some free time on my hands. Uh, I think that's so important to have those boundaries. And I also don't check my work phone. So I have two separate phones. I have my personal phone and I have my business phone, which uh, the business phone, there's a voicemail active on there. And if it's outside of office hours, then they can leave a voicemail or a message or send me an email and I'll respond to them within business hours. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, it's really helped to keep that separation and not feel guilty. And I think also part of it is when I speak to clients and they sign my contract to work with me, it also kind of mentions that, you know, it's within business hours and there's no expectation for me to answer 
at all times of the night or on weekends. So I think it's yeah, really important to set those expectations early as well. Wow, that's really important because we don't realize, but often we get slaves of our business because we think that we have to be available 24-7 for the clients. But in fact, if we're not uh, healthy and if we can't work, there was no clients, right? Yes, that's right. Lots of things you can do, you know, whether you send an out-of-office message on your email or even if it's on social media, there's automatic replies that you can set to messages to say, we'll get back to you during business hours. Because sometimes I understand people think about it at 10 o'clock at night and send an email, but, you know, it's just as long as they don't expect the response straight away. You know, those are the types of clients that I want to work with. Yes, that makes sense. And so after these three years uh, when you've been focusing mainly on your business, you say that you have a bit of health issues that uh, push you in the way to start to uh, look after your health better, even though now you have a team that can support as well your workload. How did that all happen? Lots of little issues would happen. The large thing I notice is lack of proper sleep. So it's either when I go to bed, I might fall asleep, but then I wake up at two in the morning wide awake. And it could be my mind is racing or just no reason at all. And I would struggle to go back to sleep. Sometimes it would take me a while to go to sleep if it's been a big day and certain things have happened. You know, I'm still processing what's happened during the day. I internalize a lot of things. So I might play scenarios like, this is what I should have said. (laughs) Or if I said (laughs) it, you know, I have these situations and scenarios playing out in my head, kicking myself in hindsight. But I also feel like I suffer a lot from imposter syndrome. So sometimes when I've seen something online, because my work is online 100%, If I see something online and I let it play on my mind a lot, if I'm comparing myself to others, that also sometimes keeps me up at night. There are certain things that I can do and I try to remember. It's like a daily battle that I have to remind myself to stay in my own lane. Don't compare myself to others. Whatever you see on the internet is not 100% true. <laughs> I should know this because I work on the internet. People might only be celebrating their good things to never discuss their bad things that happen to them. So those things I have to try and remember to so that I can have a better sleep and not just be in my head all the time. Also supporting myself with a network of people and other small business owners. Some of them are in the same industry, some are not in the same industry, but they run their own business. Because it can be just something that is in my head. And then if I chat with them, they might go, you're just being silly or I feel that too. And, you know, you can debrief. So I'm really lucky I've managed to surround myself with a good support network. The other big issue I have is constantly pushing myself till I fall sick. And then when I do fall sick, it takes me a long time to recover. So I just feel like... I can't keep doing this. I can't keep forcing myself to show up when I just need to rest. I need to stop and I need to rest. I need to listen to my body a bit more to avoid this cycle of constantly falling sick because if I fall sick, work falls behind, my clients won't be happy and then no clients means no business. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And a lot of my clients, they do my marketing for me. You know, they refer me to a lot of other businesses. So if they are not happy, then that source of marketing dries up as well. So I never want to jeopardize that. All of that roll into one just made me realize, unless it's me who makes those changes, it's never going to fix this issue. 
like I said, I was a bit more comfortable this year because the team can, you know, survive without me holding their hand. But I had to make small changes in my life, whether it's my diet, whether it's, you know, changing from white rice to brown rice, small things which mean a lot to me because I'm Asian and I love my white rice. But instead of saying no more sugar and cutting that all out, to me, unachievable. But making minor swaps like that, you know, going for a walk every now and again and then slowly increasing that and exercising, which for someone who's never exercised was also a big deal. But not doing all of them in one go has helped me to make it a bit more achievable. If other people are feeling in the same situation that you've been feeling, how would you manage, for example, a day when you take better care of your health? If you could just give us an example. I think it's trialing, trialing different things that might work for you because people can give you all these suggestions. You know, I have my own Facebook group where I've put up recently about my lack of being able to sleep properly. You know, how do people manage their anxiety and do they meditate and what tools do they use? So there was quite a variety of suggestions from acupuncture to kinesiology to calm app to meditate and things like that and journaling so for me I'm still in the phase of trialing different things to see what works for me what I'm most likely going to be following through because what might seem like oh yeah I can do that and then I try it for two or three days and then I forget and then (laughs) I never come back to it something that is going to be sustainable I realize my discipline is quite bad when it comes to things like that so for me when I wake up in the morning You know, a lot of people say exercise the first thing in the morning and I tried that and I just hated it. I absolutely hated it. It's not me. I just want to jump in the shower the first thing and wake up and then, you know, have my breakfast. And then I might be in a frame of mind to actually consider exercise or, you know, start work, clear out a few things and then I find time in the afternoon to exercise. So it's a bit of a trial and error and I'm still in that phase. I realized that you know, about 4.30 or 5 o'clock is the best time for me to do like 30 minutes of exercise. And I found a good exercise program that I can do from home. In the past, I've tried going to the gym and also not sustainable for me. (laughs) Sometimes I go there and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I should try the treadmill today or, you know, and again, comparing myself to other people around me or being self-conscious. So I felt much more comfortable exercising within my home, literally scheduling that time into my diary to say 4.30, stop work, get yourself ready, go and exercise for half an hour. Then you can have a shower and then start prepping dinner. Um, And that works well whether I have my son with me or when he's with his dad. Whereas in the mornings, it's a bit hectic because if he's with me, I can't, I have to send him to school, get him ready and send him to school. So the afternoons work much better for me. Meal prep has been another thing that has helped me a lot as well um, because working from home, if I don't have leftovers in the fridge to eat a proper lunch, I either skip my lunch or just have instant noodles, which is not very healthy on a long-term basis, (laughs) or, you know, snack bars. So if I spend half a Sunday meal prepping for the week, then I have healthy lunches during the week and I'm not eating (laughs) crappy food. That's such a good (laughs) That's such a good idea to prepare in advance. Yeah, if I don't get to uh, dedicate half a Sunday to it, then I make sure that we have leftovers in the dinners that I cook. I'm a hot food, hot lunch kind of person instead of a sandwich or wraps. So 
just making sure there's enough that I plan ahead so that I eat a little bit better. Again, I try not to be, you know, like my freezer is full of food, but I never touch it. So again, I try and do things (laughs) that are a bit more sustainable and achievable. And my meals, the dinners that we cook are very simple, you know, whether it's pan fried meat with some steamed vegetables or roast vegetables uh, or one pot dishes, because I'm more likely to do that as opposed to let's plan this feast and then I you know don't feel like cooking it at night so we get takeaway and then we have end up in this cycle of it's easy to just get takeaway now so I think a bit of it has been mindset shifts that I can't do it again it all comes down to me and how well prepared or how planned I am and that it is achievable as long as you know it's not such a huge change and it's also scary again (laughs) yes little steps basically what you're saying and you choose what works for you because there is so many advices around. So you really need to try, as you say, trial and error. Yes. I tried the journaling thing and for a few days it worked because I could get things out of my head. And then after a while, it's like on the days that I don't really have much in my head. <laughs> and then I forget about it. I'm like, I don't need you today. So maybe it is a thing that it's just when I feel anxious and, you know, use that journaling method. But I know some people who do it every single day and I can't see myself doing that. Yes. Sometimes it feels like a chore, like, oh, now I have to write and I don't know what to write. As you said, maybe it's uh, when you feel like you have something to write, maybe you write something and if you don't feel like it, maybe... Yeah, because no false. one's checking you. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's it. There's no test at the end of it. It's taking that advice, trialing it and then setting it up so it works for you. And as I said, I'm still very much trialing a few different things. And sometimes, you know, it works for the short term and that's great. And sometimes I can continue doing that. It's only this year, so it's early that you put your health first. Would you say that you have been uh, starting to feel that you're getting better or you are still in that uh, feeling, you know, bit, not 100%? So there's two answers to that. <laughs> when, okay. I, when I first started exercising, it was really hard, really, really, really hard. But I could feel some changes within myself, so I was motivated. What type of changes you could feel? The actual motivation to exercise because I was being committed. You know, usually I always take the easy option or the lazy way. But within two weeks, I had lost two kilos to me, it's like I just want to be healthy. If I lose weight and get into shape, perfect. But mm-hmm. I knew because of my job, I don't move very much. Um, some days, if I don't have my son, I don't even do 400 steps a day. It's okay. really, really bad. And because of that, my body, like my legs have forgotten to move properly. It, you know, if I try and lift my legs, it's a lot harder because the muscles have forgotten how it's supposed to work. I literally went from zero to exercising five times a week guided exercise for fitness and my aim was get back into the habit of movement and then I can you know low impact and then I can uh, adjust it to go high impact when I'm ready I could see the benefits of it and I was enthusiastic unfortunately my thyroid started playing up my throat my neck has been sore and painful for a couple of weeks it could be residual sickness, um, like uh, inflammation from when I was sick a couple of months ago. I'm not sure. I've been tested. So I'm dealing with a thyroid, hypothyroidism at the moment, which really knocked me back the last couple of weeks. 
But the good thing is that I'm actually feeling like I need to get on top of it because I want to get back into exercise, whereas I never would have thought. To me, it's like, okay, it is 30 minutes of exercise. I can fit it in my day. It doesn't impact anyone else. My son is watching me. He laughs at me because I'm shadow boxing and he says, mom, you look so funny. But, you know, <laughs> he's excited because mom's active and mom's moving. And so when he asked me to play a game with him, I'm more likely to say yes now as opposed to just sitting on the couch or, you know, busy or can't, I'm too tired. I do feel those little increments have contributed. So I'm excited. But yes, right now I'm just trying to get over this thyroid issue, get it back to normal. And then I have a bit more energy and not overdo my body trying to fix itself at the moment. Yes. So would you say that, uh, honestly, that maybe you put a bit too much stress when you first took over that business on you, on yourself and on your body? So now it's just a bit paying off what's happened with all the energy that you put into that business? Yeah, I think there's different types of stress and my body reacts differently to it. Being knee deep in the work and running the business nonstop I guess I couldn't just take time off whenever I wanted to and things like that. So there was that kind of stress. And then recently there was a bit of stress in the sense of things have finally slowed down after two years. You know, I used to say, oh, when it slows down, I'll, ha I'll be able to breathe again or, you know, I'll, I'll be able to work on my business instead of in the business. So it happened in February. And then because I had a bit more time on my hands, my mind started playing up and I started being on social media more and comparing myself to others you know, the whole imposter syndrome thing again. And I realized it was all for nothing now because things have picked up again. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yes. it, that kind of stress, I was adding on top of normal life. So yes. it kind of affected me. So it could have, you know, contributed to my sickness again. So one of the things on my to-do list is to manage the anxiety. Although now with hypothyroidism as a diagnosis, Increased anxiety is uh, and bad sleep are two symptoms. And I said, absolutely, those have been happening recently as well. So, yeah, it's just managing my thoughts a bit better, stressing less. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I mean, it's so much easier to say. And I always get told, yeah, you need to stress less. But how, you know? Yes, of course, it, it's easier to say it, but everyone yeah. is different. So, Some people can manage it better and some people can learn, but it takes time. And as yeah. you say, it's little steps, you know, one thing at a time. Yeah. So what was your takeaway from the whole experience of coming to Australia, you know, having the divorce and then taking care of your son and having that opportunity with that business and then now focusing on your health now? Mm. With all of this experience, what would you say that um, has been the takeaway for you that you could share with us? Wow. Okay. I think my biggest takeaway is you don't know how strong you are until you are forced to do something. <laughs> you know, I always <laughs> used to say, I can't see myself doing that. I could never do this. Things like that, because I have been with my ex-husband at the time and I left a lot of decision making to him. So being on my own and then having to make financial decisions and things like that, I would never have thought that it's something I even wanted to worry myself with. <laughs> And so I had to learn a lot of things, change my mindset again. Like it's not so scary to talk about financial stuff, you know, maybe find the right people to talk to me about instead of avoiding it. And, you know, just being there for my son when he's sick and having to deal with that plus part-time work at the time. 
Thankfully, I still got along and I still get along well with my ex-in-laws, which is the reason we moved to Newcastle to be close to all of the in-laws when he was three months old. Even living alone is not something I ever expected I had to consider. Yes, um, it's amazing. Yeah. I have to admit, though, there is one thing I cannot do still, and that's um, <laughs> overcome my phobia of cockroaches. Oh. <laughs> I have tried. I've, you know, done hypnosis and things like that. But <laughs> as much as I want to be strong, that is something that I still have to try and overcome. <laughs> but everything else, I surprise myself. I think I look back and I go, I can't believe that I've gone through that and come up a better person, a stronger wow. person. And I never realized it until, you know, if, unless like I'm having a conversation with someone like yourself and it comes up yes. as a story and you go, oh, yeah, that is quite a good story, isn't it? It's an um, amazing story. <laughs> yeah, I don't often sit there and go, it's common for us to not reflect and go, that's some of the accomplishments we've ever done. Um, yes, congratulations, Lou. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm pretty happy. And I have to say as well, I do have a very supportive partner now as well. You know, it's been four and a half years and he's fully supportive of, you know, my business, the way I do things, being a parent as well. And sometimes when I have to do, for example, workshops or classes or anything, he's happy to take some time off or to stay home and be the parent for my son. I think I owe a lot to him as well, because when I took over the business, he was there encouraging me to do it, saying, if anything happens, he's here to support me, which thankfully, you know, never came to that, but... Um, <laughs> But it's good to know that someone is there in case, you know, it's yeah. really good to, to have that support. We were and very new that... then too. So for him, oh, to, wow. yeah, with, for him to say that meant a lot. Yeah, like I said, I'm glad I haven't had to tap into the, to the oh, come <laughs> bail me out. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and would you say that uh, mostly apart from your health, but you still, you're working on it anyway, you are in the driver's seat of your own life now with all the things that happen? Yes. So in terms of um, separating and starting my life as, a, you know, with my two-year-old son, I guess you could say I started taking control then. My health still wasn't a priority. <laughs> um, you know, it was looking after my son, raising him, trying to manage the job, you know, paying the bills on time and things like that. And I was sick a lot of the time as well. But now it's even more so of uh, I'm taking control and now's the time to fix myself because I've looked after everyone else now and you know my son is nine years old now so he's at that age where it doesn't require me to be there you know entertaining him all the time yes. <laughs> as much as he, he likes it but you know he, he's pretty comfortable to be maybe just sitting next to me while we both do our own thing as opposed to engaging with play but yeah he's understanding as well of my work and that I'm not ignoring him, that I'm always there if he needs me. But now mommy has to exercise. So yeah, that's so good. <laughs> you can sit there and watch me um, or I have to prepare food, you know, in advance. So he's in the kitchen with me. I think it's good for him to see that as well because it's shaping him into a, if mommy can do it, then, you know, it's fine. Like we, we can do it as well. But also I'm not, again, not just sitting down on the couch, lying down sick or saying I can't, I'm too tired, I have no energy, um, actively being a part of what he enjoys doing as well, I think makes a big difference. Oh, well, that's fantastic. And yeah. what could you say uh, finally to people who are listening and maybe in the situation that you were focusing on your business and slowly starting to take care of their health? Definitely start small. 
if there's one thing you can change, do that first. Like I said, I changed my white rice to brown rice. That was a pretty big deal for me, but I, I chose to do that first because it might have also had a great impact in my diet, but it was an easy thing to change and it wasn't a huge all-over diet change in, in a way. So pick one thing, even if it's uh, something like increasing your water intake, then that's one thing you focus on as a change in your life. And then once that's fine and normal, then you can start adding on other things. And if you have to schedule it in, so like for drinking water, I used to have to um, set reminders on my phone. You know, every few minutes a, a timer will go off and I'll know to take a sip. Lots of apps out there to remind you as well. But I think it's just making those tiny changes and not feeling like you have to do everything all at once. And if you have to schedule it into your diary for it to happen, do that as well. Wow, thank you so much, Desiree. That was such an amazing story. And thank you again for sharing with us today. I really appreciate and I loved you being here with us. Thank you. Thanks for letting me share my story. Oh, it's a pleasure. Well, you take care and keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned and subscribe to the Driver's Seat Club. Until next time, have a powerful day.